I want to call your attention this morning to the ninth verse of the seventh chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. This is in the speech that Stephen was making uh, just before they stoned him. And he said, And the patriarchs, moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. You know, uh, I like reading again. It, it just gets such a grip on your heart and sounds so much like current literature. So It's so up to date. You never outgrow the Bible. It's always up to date. Uh, there's not a human impulse that you've ever known anybody to have which you can find that impulse recorded somewhere in the Bible. There isn't a vision or a dream or a hope or an aspiration or a longing. Uh, there is no cup of bitterness uh, that anybody's ever had to drink that you won't find something about in the Bible. Everything's in the Bible. You know, people say the Bible's not a scientific book. Well, it's never intended to teach you science, but it's scientifically correct. There are no philosophical or scientific errors in the Bible, no historical errors. You know, these people just talk like that. It isn't true. Jesus said, if I've told you earthly things and you didn't believe them, how would you believe me if I tell you heavenly things? If you can't believe what the Bible says about this earth, how are you going to believe what it says about the world to come? It's perfectly preposterous. If the Bible is scientifically uh, uh, in error, if historically it's in error, how can it be spiritually true and how can we believe what it says? Now, if you tell me something and speak with authority about something, and you say, this is so, and uh, you are positive it's so, and then later you tell me something else that might be so, I would question what you said uh, later that might be so. It might, you might accidentally have hit it that time. But I at least wonder if you were right about it. Now, let's get back to it. This is God's book. No errors. Don't you ever worry about that. Now, I don't know this Bible like some people know it. But the folks that do know it, whom I know, uh, I'm sure they know it's right. You know, I'm not an authority. I don't claim to be. But I never knew anybody anywhere on earth that really knows the Bible but what the man believes in. It's the fellows that don't know it that don't believe it. Many of our institutions, they're teaching books about the Bible and not teaching the Bible. And most of these modernists don't know anything about the Bible. First place, they're not spiritual men. They can't apprehend spiritual things unless they are spiritual. There may be historical events that you couldn't understand without scholarship. But as far as the spiritual values are concerned, in this book, what you need is a spiritual mind. If you have that, you can't understand it at all. But anyway, this book is such an up-to-date book. Now, how, how modern, how current, how up-to-date? Now, notice. And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph in Egypt. But in spite of all they did to him, they couldn't hurt him. God was with him. If God be for us, who can be against us? If, we, if God's on our side, doesn't matter who's on the other side. If God be for you and you are surrendered to God, all the forces of hell can't stop you from doing what God wants you to do. Now that's the most glorious truth I think a Christian can have. Now God had a purpose in the life of Joseph. Now it, it was a little irregular in the old dispensation uh, for Joseph uh, next to the uh, baby in the family. Uh, to be pushed into the prominent position, the head of the family, the oldest one should have been the sort of the head of the thing, you know, he, in the old dispensation, that's the way it stood. But now God sometimes comes along and does what seemingly is irregular. That seems to be the way God's operating. And by the way, God's operating that way today to a great extent. He's always done that. Uh, when the regular order doesn't uh, go along right, see, God comes along and does something a little irregular. Something out of the ordinary, and the average man can't take it in. See, he, it's, it's just a little different. He doesn't see it. He doesn't understand it. 
Now that's what happened here. And by the way, that's happening in this day and time. Did you know that you are living, you young people, in the midst of an age where God is doing some things that are not exactly regular. They're just a little out of the ordinary. Now, if you don't see that and don't know that, you're going to get all balled up in your thinking. Now, let's understand that. Now, for instance, God didn't throw away the rest of these uh, brethren of Joseph. Uh, God was good to them and used Joseph to bless them. That's like God does. Uh, you know, God sometimes puts up independent movements to be a blessing to the movements that should be functioning regularly. That's always been so. You take when the revival came out under the Wesleys in Whitfield in England, that strange movement that swept across the Atlantic and came to America and had so much to do in the early days of this country. Now, that was an irregular movement. It was not a regular movement. It was out of the ordinary. Martin Luther was uh, uh, connected with an irregular movement. It, it wasn't according to the regular order of things. It was a little different. The Old Testament's full of the same thing. Go back to the Old Testament, and you find, as I've told you before, God Almighty had the priesthood. Now, when everything was going all right, all right for the priesthood. But sometimes if the machinery got where it didn't turn. It wasn't all right. And uh, it, they got self-centered and interested in themselves. And they're more interested in the temple than they were God Almighty that filled the temple. You know, they got great interest in the temple. They got interested in the machinery of the thing and, and lost the one that makes the machine return. They lost sight of him. So God Almighty said, I've got to have me a prophet. And so God would go out, John, and gave him a prophet and move that prophet out there to do the job. And this prophet had come along and it was irregular. Uh, first place, he wasn't usually a graduate of a regular institution, maybe. Uh, he hadn't been to the same seminary. He hadn't been read like they'd been read. And, uh, but God had to get out of the regular machine to get somebody and do what had to be done to start the machinery and turning again and to call them back to God. Now, that's the old story. Uh, you know, uh, conditions haven't changed in the world. Human nature hasn't changed. It's the same thing today. Now, listen just a minute. I want you young people to think this thing through. I'm trying to talk at this chapel day by day, not only for the good of uh, all of our student body, but especially for our young preachers, so they'll keep things in mind. Now, listen to me just a minute. You know, every great spiritual movement in the history of the world, as far as we can find out, every great movement came along, that is, God-directed movement, came along to give emphasis to something that was neglected. God raised up somebody, some neglected truth. Something had been pushed to one side, and God comes along and raised up somebody and says, call attention to this for me. Now, that's what happened on the Wesley's. I refer to on Whitfield. Uh, there was neglected truth. They neglected the fact of personal experience. You know, they never intended to build a church. They just intended to get folks right. Well, they weren't living right. And they came along and said, we ought to live right. And you got to have an experience to live right. You ought to get it right. And they went around and emphasized. Now, God was in that movement. God's always in these movements when you see spiritual things come along. And God wants the attention of people focused on something that the regular orders neglect and emphasize. Now, let's go ahead just a minute. You take on a Martin Luther. A justification by faith had been forgotten. He comes along and talks about it. Uh, the great sovereignty of God was being forgotten. And men like Calvin were raised up. And they did give a strong emphasis. And under ordinary conditions, they probably overemphasized. But they had to overemphasize, get any attention when they came along and give their message. So it's gone through the age. Now, the independent movement that's sweeping America today and going to many parts of the world, and it's a great spiritual movement. Now, let's, get, let's understand this. Of course, there's fanaticism with it. 
And sometimes there is seemingly is all no emphasis to it. But you are living in a day when the great uh, mighty movement is largely an independent movement when it comes to spiritual matters. Now what is it? You call them fundamentalists. Speaking of fundamentalists. And they speak contentiously fundamentalists. Now, uh, a person, that word doesn't appeal to me very much, and yet I don't want to discard it, because after all, it's, it has meaning. Now, for instance, now the great ecclesiastical organizations of the world, good men in them, men that love the Lord in them, sincere men in them, but they have become so tremendously interested in program building and machinery, they have forgotten to underscore and keep underscored all the time the eternal essentials of the faith. Now that's the whole problem. They take it for granted, folks know, and they don't know. The average man in this country with his name on the church record doesn't know the meaning of the atonement. You can go to the average church in America today, in the average church, and preach a series of sermons. Bible messages on the atonement and get out of the simple fundamentals of the folks. They say, I never heard that before. Why, I won't tell you now, I was reared as an evangelist. I was preaching when I was 15 years old. I never heard a sermon on the atonement in my life until I was a grown man. Heard a sermon on the atonement. Uh, one time, heard a series of five or six sermons preached by our Presbyterian minister, Dr. Carroll. Uh, associate of Schofield and bring out Schofield Bible. I heard five messages on the atonement to transform my life. And I was a preacher. Now I knew Jesus died to save sinners. I knew that. I knew he went to the cross for me. But the real meaning of the vicarious substitution blood atonement made by Jesus Christ on the cross, I never heard when I was grown man. I never heard it when I was in school. I went to a Christian college. In this Christian college, I I had good teachers. They were orthodox. They were the modernists in school. But they just took it for granted that we knew and we didn't know. I never heard so. I never heard a series of sermons on the Holy Spirit until I was a grown man. I heard a sermon on sanctification and consecration. A rather wild, fanatical meeting out of ten hours aboard. I'm not criticizing them, but I heard a sermon on But no constructive series of sermons on the subject of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think right here in Bob Jones University, there's a danger that we may neglect some of these things. Now, for instance, you take, uh, I used to every year speak about five times on the atonement. And I speak maybe five or six times on the Holy Spirit, or subjects of that kind. Now, there's a tendency, some strange sort of a tendency, to take for granted that the folks know when they do not know. Now, the movement in this country today, the independent movement, is God Almighty telling somebody to underscore the neglected truths that we take it for granted that people know. And that's really you're facing a movement in this country, certainly the country's it is. Now, it's not destructive to say what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying this morning is a constructive message, and I couldn't give a more constructive message to save my life. Now, you take an institution of this kind, comes into existence. Now, it's a little irregular. It's, it is. Uh, we admit that. It's a little irregular for a man called of God to be an evangelist to found a school. I was busy as an evangelist, wasn't looking for a job. I was out of the regular order of educator. I was not an educator. I admit that. I had to borrow the brain to run it. But it was a little irregular. But God called it into existence. God had a purpose. 
God has purpose in these independent movements. And you can't listen. The man that spurns the independent uprising in this country is spurning a movement of God Almighty. Now these independent movements, a lot of them have rubbish in them. A lot of these movements in this country today uh, are not what they ought to be. Neither has any movement of the past ever been what ought to be. There's been rubbish in every one of these movements. There was rubbish in the Wesley Revival. There was rubbish under the revival of under John Calvin and Knox. There was rubbish in the days of the old when the prophets told. There's a crudeness sometimes in that whole thing. A lot of crudeness. You read the history of some of these movements. But God went in them. The idea was getting over the people. Calvin, Knox, Luther, you can't save yourself. Sovereignty of God. Wesley Christian experience. God is in all those movements. Call attention. Now, that's so deep. And listen, I don't want to shock you now. Some of the movements that I cannot myself personally approve, independent movements. I can't follow them all the way. But don't fool yourself. They are called attention to something and demanding that we hear something. And God may be in some of these movements that we don't fall for. I don't think everything in Joel was finished on the day of Pentecost. I think there's some people outrunning God Almighty today, getting ahead of God Almighty, and are being swept by an emotionalism that's wrong and harmful in some particular. But I think there are things in Joel that needs to, need to be emphasized this day and now. Now let me tell you something. Let's keep our heads cool. Our hearts warm. Let's don't be disturbed. Watch your steps. Stay in the middle of the road. Stick to your fundamentals. Don't go off to tangent. The matter where evangelical Christians do not agree, walk lightly. Walk lightly. A man comes to me sometimes and says, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? What do you think of so-and-so? Well, I say the brethren don't agree. You know, sometimes I see a young, smart, ethic, upstart young preacher that knows everything's to be known. He comes along to you. Well, you know, that's what I feel about. It's what I'm going to do. It's what I'm going to say. And he goes to head and puts an emphasis there that sometimes does tremendous harm to the movements of God Almighty. It's always so. Always has been so. There's danger there, too. But now, Joseph was not exactly in line. He saw, had some dreams. He told his dreams. He had courage to say what I dreamed. Say, listen, God was in his talking as well as in what he dreamed. God was in the thing. There's purpose of God. Uh, God was looking not just saved. Look, we see today. God sees all the tomorrows. Everything in your life is related to eternity. Listen, your little prayer in your room this morning was tied up to God's eternal ages. Listen, that letter you wrote home yesterday, or maybe should have written and didn't write, that's tied up to the everlasting. You know, we think of the present and God thinks of eternity. And everything in life, the tiniest little contact of human life tied up with everlasting age. God knew there'd be a famine sometime in that land. God knew people would be hungry. 
God knew some of his own servants and his children would need bread. Now, I don't believe that God made these men envious of Joseph. I think it was a devil. I don't think God's the author of envy and hatred and jealousy. I'm not going to pass. That's too mean a thing to pass back to Almighty God, and I'm not going to pass it to God. But I'll tell you one thing. I think God looked down in heaven and said they're jealous of him. And I'll just hitch these horses of jealousy and break them and hitch them to this chariot. And I'll let Joseph ride down the chariot of my purpose to Egypt and have him down there when he's needed. Young people, as I look back over the years of my life, the things that used to happen to me that I didn't understand used to worry me. Sometimes opposition on the part of my brethren. Sometimes slander on the part of the Christian people. The biggest lies ever told about me haven't been told by bootleggers. They've been told by preachers. That's an awful thing to say. But you just want to face it. This, you just want to face it. You've got to face it if you go God's way. The meanest things ever done to me have not been done by the underworld. But done with people with long-tailed coats. Talk pies. That's an awful shock, but I wish somebody had told me when I was your age what to expect. I had to learn a lot of this stuff, I'm telling you, from experience. You know, a man, Joseph, was an unsophisticated sort of a boy. He just went along, you know. There he was, dreaming his dreams. Maybe not understanding himself, just dreaming, dreaming, dreaming. There he was, Joseph. He didn't have anything against his brethren. He wasn't mad with them. He was a sweet, lovely, beautiful, forgiving, as we know from the future years, experience. A dreamer of dreams. Say, it's all right to dream dreams when you have bread tied up with those dreams to feed hungry people. God's chosen man, Joseph's own brethren. Then somebody besides his brethren, you'd understand you, wouldn't you? Well, look out for your brethren. Don't get mad with them and keep loving. Keep loving. And they couldn't dream those dreams. They couldn't see you like that. There they were. And if somebody can outdream me and then has the audacity to tell me what he's dreamed, let's get rid of Clean up with God said, you're not going to clean up with this oil I'm through with. There'll be a caravan around him in a little while. And uh, that's my caravan. It's on the way to the throne. You're not going to get rid of it. You listen to me. If you are God's man, 
and God wants. And a dreaming the dreams that God wants you to dream. And going the way that God wants you to go. God will be with you till the dream comes true. And if God be with you, all hell. And all the hatred of man came. You get tied up with the purpose of God be alive. And you wind up sometimes just where God started to be. You'll get there. Sometimes you may say, I'm going this way, and God says, the way to the throne is not that way for you, it's over this way. You come this way. God the Almighty will have a door locked over yonder. And one open over here. Strange things are happening today. If you take the independent to irregular movements out of this country today, movements that have sprung up in recent years, centers of testimony, you would put out a great deal of light in this country today. Strange things are happening. God hasn't forsaken Israel. God had an interest in them. You know, sometimes God does the irregular thing to stir up that which is regular. Maybe I'm sounding a little boastful, but I don't mean it. This school's done more good than you know. This school is tight, the advertisements of Christian colleges and the magazines of America. We are the first institution to streamline. Education institutions in America, some of them, great tradition, great past, good standards. Some of those institutions that win a rut are saying we better do something. Bob Jones University is growing. These other schools are growing. They're irregular. They haven't any machines back up. We better do something. Amen. That's what we are for. A man who is irregular in God's business, as the world considers irregular, is always someone who longs to uh, help the thing that is regular to be what God wants it to be. We pray God that he may get his regular and proper place. The history of Israel was wrapped up that day in the envy of that crowd of the brethren. Say, get out of your eye to all this big stuff. I want to say something you I meant to say yesterday, I slipped it. Listen to me. You young preachers, don't pay any attention to this personality emphasis in this country. Don't let these fellows get you stirred up with ambitions to be a big man. 
Somebody says in advantage, this has to have a personality. Don't, don't think about that. There wasn't anything so attractive about Moody's place now. The thing that made Moody was a passion. Such a burning, consuming passion that even though he's a fat man, not supposed to be energetic, was energetic. The right kind of Christian passion will make a fat man energetic. Dwight L. Moody, a man that's supposed to sort of sit back in a rocking chair, couldn't sit. He had to drive in something in him. Drove him, drove him, drove him. He couldn't sit down with the world going to hell. Cut out this personality stuff that's been propagated this way. Forget it. Don't pay any attention to it. Billy's son, he was energetic. There wasn't anything so tremendous striking about Billy's personality. He's a good base runner. The men that I met in my lifetime who were doing most for God have not been men of what the world would call great personalities. Just forget that stuff. Listen, the only thing for you to do is to sit down at the feet of Jesus Christ and tell Jesus Christ that you want his will for your life. And whatever that will is, is that your will too. And yield yourself to God Almighty and get on his altar. You don't have to stretch your stuff. One of the most pathetic pictures in all the Bible is a picture of Samson. Standing up and shaking himself. After he lost his power. Tried the same old shake, but it didn't shake. The world's filled with men like this. In my lifetime, I've seen them come and go and come and go and come and go. Because they got interested in self and personality. Joseph <laughs> was God's maid. He lived right. All the wiles of a woman who belonged to the nobility couldn't stop him from doing the will of God. He ran from a woman that wasn't right. I've known preachers that didn't have that much sense. They've married women that weren't right. Some of them. from youthful us down the road of God's purpose for his life.
But when folks were hungry, he had the bread. Your business is when the time comes, when men get hungry, have the bread. And God Almighty can lead you to the place if you're willing to go. Listen. It isn't nice to be irregular. <laughs> Some of us folks don't like it much. It's never suited my taste very much. It isn't very attractive to me to be irregular. I like the regular. The hardest thing on earth is to just be different. And have people say, yonder goes that fellow. He's next to the baby. Who does he think he is? God Almighty sat up there on the throne and said, I'll show you someday who he is. I haven't gone back on my people. You leave your future to God. Don't bother about the moderator or the committee or the ecclesiastical machine. And don't sit back and wonder what kind of a place you'll have. The machine can't provide for you like Almighty God. You know, if Joseph had been regular, <laughs> he'd have been hoofing it down to Egypt to get something to eat himself. You let God's will be done. Dive. Use your head. Don't be a fool. Don't be conceited. Don't be even get the big head about your religion. Religious big heads the worst type big head in the world. But sit down there at the feet of Jesus and don't you get up from there either till you mean what you say. Have thy way, Lord. Have thy way. They won't like you because you don't let them have that way. They'll pick on you. They'll be envious of you too because they'll say, how could he do that without us? I didn't know anybody could do anything without us. God will be sitting up on the throne looking down and say, if you look up this way, you'll find out something. But they don't look up that way to find out. They've gotten away in this country from something that God wants emphasized. And God's raising up the movements to do. Let's go God's way. Blessed Jesus, some of us in this room even if the Lord tarries, have much longer to go anywhere in this world. Most of the road's behind us. But many of these folks are young people. 
They're in a troubled world. They're in a world that's with problems too big for any organization or any group of organizations or any federal council of churches to handle. And even these great organizations right now are admitting they can't handle it. It's too big for them, and there's so few optimists among them. Some of us remember just about 30 years ago, everything was optimistic. But we are so glad that when it comes to the individual life, our Father, that every man can be what God wants him to be and do what God wants him to do. And all envy, all hatred, all opposition, all that men can do cannot keep any one of us as an individual from doing just what God wants us to do. And if God be for us, envy, jealousy, hatred, opposition, nothing matters. And if God is not for us, and we are not in the center of his will, going his way, we've got to turn to somebody that is in the center of his will when we get in trouble. Oh, Lord, God, let us be the kind of folks that people come to when they're hungry. Help the preacher boys in this school when they go away from yet or any town where they preach to be the kind of preacher in town that folks of their own other denominations beside their own will come around to them and see them when they get hungry for bread. Lord God, don't let us build just a little wall around us. It'll shut us off from all the starving people of the world, some of whom never know what it means to have the bread of life and never know what it means. Lord God, we do pray this. If we know our hearts and we call you to witness, we've never prayed more sincerely. Let Bob Jones University be the kind of school God wants it to be. And all the faculty, the kind of folks God wants them individually to be, and all the students, just what God wants each one of them individually to be. And let the power of God come upon this campus this from now to close the years never before. And may there have happened in our hearts something more wonderful than ever has happened. We yield ourselves anew to you this morning. Have thy way with us. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.